rookie designer. My name is Jake Van Ness from Graphic Precision, and today I'm here with my co-host Carl from Holy Carp Design. How you doing, Carl? Hi, Jake. Uh, things are very good. Been a little busy right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely has been. Um, same thing on mine end. A lot of a lot of projects going on. Um, I also want to say uh, welcome to a bunch of people who have liked us recently on Facebook. So it's good to see that that community is growing a bit, which is cool. And I know you've been posting a bunch of stuff there as well, and we've been trying to do the uh, at least one post during a weekday and then some other stuff we're going to be working on. So now that we're back again, I thought we'd talk a little bit about, I want to say like an issue that I ran into recently. Um, has to do with a client. I'm not going to share any names um, or any real specifics about the project, but I'll I will share like what some of the things that happened were. So basically, I, I was contacted to work on a, a layout project, a publication layout pro project. And it's, it's something I was interested in doing. I, I like doing publication design. It's something that I've done a little bit of, and I've got a couple magazines under my belt. And I'm, it's something I enjoy doing. So they contacted me, and I was like, all right, yeah, we'll definitely do this. So I, I talked to them. We set up a meeting, and I went into the first meeting. So I go into the first meeting, and I'm like, okay, let's take a look at your editorial budget. And for somebody that may not know what your editorial budget is, is it's basically what is going to be in that magazine, what articles, what photos, even as far as what advertisements are going to be in there. So... We sat down, and we're talking about the editorial budget, and I start going through it, and I'm like, all right, so is this article in? And they're like, well, that that's, still needs photos. And I'm like, oh, all right, that, that's, that's fine. So I go on to the next article, and they're like, well, that, that one's got to be edited still. I'm like, okay, well, we could do that. And so I went through the whole editorial budget, and unfortunately it was like 20% ready which is really not a good thing when I'm trying to do layout because I need the content, I need the photos, I need that stuff to be able to do my job. This is where I kind of made a mistake after they weren't ready. And this is kind of what I wanted to share with everybody. You really have to be prepared to be firm with your clients. Obviously, your clients are important. You want to treat them well. You want to have a good relationship with them. But you also need to stand up for your business and stand up for what you have to do as a, either a freelancer or a business owner for, with a design company. So what I should have done, and this is what I wish I had done, I should have gone to them at that point and said, okay, you're only about 20% ready for me. Call me when you're ready. But instead, I was like, okay, they've got me contracted to work. It was like Tuesday to Friday. To, to get this together, and I was like, all right, I can work on some stuff while you guys get the rest of the stuff together. That was a mistake. I really should have been more firm about the fact that they needed stuff ready. So we struggle through t the rest of Tuesday trying to figure out where things are. Wednesday, I'm struggling to get stuff done and lay out. I'm trying to find stuff I can work on based on the editorial budget that's not complete, and the customers aren't around. There was actually two people involved with this. 
So I, I'm basically stuck not being able to get in touch with them, not being able to find out what's going on with the rest of the editorial, and feeling like my hands are tied. So basically it went Tuesday, Wednesday, same issue. Thursday was a little better. I, I got some more stuff in, but I was still struggling to get the rest of the stuff. And Friday I had already let them know that I would be done at noon. And it, that was fine with them because they were going to an event that afternoon as well. So Thursday night I did something to kind of cover my own rear end. I wrote an email and basically sent it to both of them that said, here are what the expectations were of me. I was to have this done, ready for proofing over the weekend. I was supposed to have my part done Friday if I knew. Well, to be completely frank and completely honest, that's not going to happen because I don't have what I need. Well, obviously the customer client got really upset about that and said, you know, you should have told me what was going on meaning that they suddenly forgot I was going away. Well, obviously, I had had that discussion with them, and luckily the one partner in the, the two of them had said, you know, hey, you know, we did discuss this with us, and there, there is an issue. We don't have what we need. So I basically said, here are my expectations. You have the weekend. I'm going to go beyond what you contracted me for, and work on this Monday, and if I need to, work on it Tuesday. But here are the expectations that I need to put up front, and I should have put up front in the first place. I expect all of the content in when I talk to you Monday morning. If it is not, I will put this project on hold again. Now, again, I should have done this back on, on Tuesday when I found out about this and what was going on. Well, obviously, because I'm pushing at this point and pushing back on the, the client, they're, they're not happy with me. But I had to do it because I've already used up the allotted time that they were scheduled. And now I'm looking at going into Monday and Tuesday where I've already got other projects lined up. And I have to somehow convince those guys that, hey, you know, I need an extra day on this other project. So needless to say, they weren't happy about that. To kind of shorten this up a little bit because I realized Carl could be asleep on the other end at this point. Um, I basically came back Monday. They had everything ready that they needed ready. And I said, okay, now that I've got what I need, I can sit down and put this together. And I was able to put majority of the magazine together within that short period of time of Monday and Tuesday, and, and it was ready to go to press. But the reason I wanted to tell you this story is there were a couple of mistakes I made on my end and I've learned from, and that's part of owning a business, that's part of being a designer, is you're going to make mistakes, you're going to have quote-unquote failures, but you got to learn from those things and you got to go forward. Well, let, let's go through some of the stuff that, or actually, let me ask you, Carl, what are some of the things that you think I could have done better? So initially, I was thinking that you're allowing the clock to run when you obviously don't have enough content, so you start dragging out the process on things that really should be a shorter process. Um, so perhaps trying to set expectations with your client to say, hey, can you get me this content by then? Otherwise, let's pause the project now instead of running the clock. Um, is that something that could have happened? Were they waiting on other people for content? Well, yeah, and I think that's where 
that's where I made that mistake on Tuesday. When I looked at that editorial budget and reviewed it with them and found out that it was only about 20% in, then I, sh I should have put that on, on hold. But one thing that I think I could have done is right within my contract, I should have put all content needs to be acquired, whether it's being written by somebody else, written by you, photos taken by a professional photographer, all of that stuff needs to be in before we start working together. And that way, I have what I need to be, begin work. And I think that's something that I will be using in my contract going forward. Here are the things that I require from you as the client so that I can do my job. And I think the other thing is here is my schedule. Here is what your allotted time is. You have contracted me from, in this case, it was Tuesday to Friday at noon. If, if it falls outside of that contract, one, if it's not my fault, then there's going to be a charge associated with that. And in this case, it was their fault for not having the content ready for me. So I, I had to charge them for Monday and Tuesday because now I've got another project that is on hold because of that. That's a tough thing to do. But if you put it in writing, if you put it in front of them and you say, here are the expectations, here is my schedule, here is what I need from you, and here is what you can expect from me, then there's no questions. It, it's all right there in front of them. And I think that's kind of where I made some mistakes with that. Um, I, I'm assuming you do that with clients that you work with. Yeah, I do. I'm working on a website currently for a local uh, uh, tradesman. And today we're going over the pictures that he'd like for the site before we actually launch it. So again, the same thing going in, we, we didn't really set up the expectation on pictures I pulled from his portfolio and he just wants the items just right so at this point I said I'll make those edits um, I'm, I've already capped the charge on the website so now I'm using some of my time to actually make it right because I want a good project to come out of the other end um, I could have checked with him beforehand I've already met with him two or three times previously that could have been part of the conversation so it ends up that we're wasting our time as well as our clients. Yeah, and I think just how I made that mistake, you're finding that, okay, I, I've made some errors in some of the things that I've done with this client, and you'll know in the future that, hey, you know, I, I need to make sure that I make it clear. And I also want to say, and this is something that I get yelled at all the time from other designers and friends of mine and, and people that I work with that, you know what, you, you, you're putting your time in, you need to charge for it. If you've already capped off the website, it's where you have to go back to them and say, hey dude, you went outside of what the scope of the project was and took too long to get this to me, I've got to charge you for my time. Because I'm sorry, but if it was a builder, if it was a painter, if it was a doctor, if it was any other profession, we would not expect them to work for free when they go outside of that contract that we have with them. And I think that's something that we tend to be a little lenient on that, and that's not good. And, and I know we're probably going to hear from designers that are like, you can't do that. And they're right. And it's tough to stick to that. It really is. Because if you do, sometimes you get that fear that I'll never see that client again, 
or I won't get paid that money and then I'll have to fight for it and all this other stuff. But we have to charge for our time. So I think that's something that we both have to be better about when it comes to that. And I think that's something that we need to stress is that we do this, whether it's freelance or whether it's our full-time job, as a profession. This is what we do to make money. Yeah, we love what we do, but ultimately it's about making the money because we have to pay our bills. We have to pay for our software, our computers, and our office space and all that stuff the same way anybody else would. So we need to to treat it the same way. Um, There was something we were discussing before the show that I wanted to bring up. Like, I call mine a contract, and you said you call it your statement or whatever you called it. Yeah, I I send an email before any project to open things up. I call it a statement of work, but I I be sure to email it to a client and ask them to respond with an affirmative just so that I know I can start a project. Yeah, and I think that's that's really important because if you don't do that, you can get dragged through long delays and things like that just because they're not sure what they want to do. They're not sure if they want to move forward with the project where you may have to kind of push them a little bit and say, hey, you know, I, I've got other clients. If you don't sign up, then you're not going to fit into my schedule. And, and I got a quick story where one of my and actually my, probably one of my first clients I ever had and still is a client of mine, is a painter. And my parents had an issue with their house and, and some stuff got damaged because of the heating system and they needed the walls repainted. Well, he came in and said, okay, I can do it for this much, but I'm out until, and at the time it was like back in May, he's like, I'm out until September. Well, of course, my parents are like, well, we need this done right away. And he's like, well, I'm sorry, but my schedule is booked until September. So they they went to another client of mine as well, who's a painter, and he came in and said, okay, it's going to be more money, but I've got a crew of four or five guys, and I can get it done by the end of next week. Well, my parents were willing to pay the extra money to get it done right away, but that other, the first gentleman set his schedule, said, this is what my schedule is. If you don't fit into that schedule, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to try to squeeze you in just because you're friends with me or just because you're someone I've worked with in the past. I have to stick to my schedule because I have other clients and we have to do the same thing. And I think that's one of the things that I find tough is I'll take on a project and try and gauge how long that project's going to take so that I don't go into other projects and screw them up. And a perfect example was this project caused me an issue Monday and Tuesday because I have another publication design that I do where we do advertising in it, and I needed to have all the proofs out for the ads for that publication Monday or Tuesday, and I couldn't do that because I was stuck on another client's project. So the way I had to deal with that myself is I had to work a lot of extra hours within a day to kind of say, okay, I, I screwed up the schedule. Well, I, I didn't screw up the scheduling, but I allowed a client to screw up my scheduling. So now I've got to try to double book myself and almost like if you're in the restaurant industry, work a double shift just to keep things even. And, and we do that a lot as designers, as freelancers. We may have to do that. And, and I'm sure you run into that with, with working somewhere else and doing freelance work. It's just difficult to juggle that but you have to take control of it as soon as you run into an issue 
So the other thing I thought we could talk about is there's obviously red flags that we run into. Mm -hmm. What are some of the red flags that right off the back have triggered you to go, hey, you know, this might not be the client I want to work with? What's something that you consider a red flag? A lot of it is um, learning about the client before you actually work in for them. Uh, you look them up on Yelp. You find out what their reputation in the business is. You find out if there's um, collections against them or, you know, municipal liens on their property or something. You You can judge the person that you're working with simply based off even just the meeting that you have to kind of scope the project. Are they firm with you? Are they direct with their answers? Even if they're an introvert, do they respond to questions directly? Uh, and sometimes it's just trying to get a feel for them either in person or through a direct phone call. I would recommend a video conference just so that you can read their gestures and to kind of put a human side to that uh, business. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's something that as freelancers and as design business owners, we have to be careful that we don't get into the trap of, yeah, I want to meet with you and meet with you for two hours and never talk to you again. That's where we kind of have to set limits. We have to ask the right questions and we have to say, you know, this is, this is what we need to know to know how serious you are about a project. I know there's designers out there that will sit down for an hour. That's the allotted time that they do for quote unquote free consultation. And then if they want a project to move forward, they will say to the client, I need that payment as soon as possible. You want me to work with you. You need to pay me as soon as possible so I can get you on my schedule. And if they waver from that or they kind of go, oh, well, I don't really have it right now. That's a big red flag. That's a big thing that I, I find quite a bit is people are like all gun ho about doing a project. But as soon as you ask for money, if they shy away, they're not ready and they're not sure they want that project done. So that's another thing that you, you kind of have to look at as a red flag. Um, have you ever had anybody say to you, oh, we don't need a contract? <laughs> um, I've had people that were kind of relaxed about it, but I've never had anyone that outright decline a contract or decline the statement of work. Um, if they're looking to do things off the books, well, that's between the designer and the client, but I like to keep things official because there's liabilities that go with running a business. So you got to track everything. Yeah. And I think that's, it's funny because I, I have had clients in the past say to me, or potential clients, I guess is what I should say, because if they say to me, no, we don't need a contract, or no, I won't sign a contract, sorry, but no, I won't work with you. And I think that's important because you're right, there's liabilities in there. There's lack of expectations when there's no contract. But you also have no grounds to fight something if you need to, because I'm sorry, but if you're a designer and you're in business, at some point, somebody is either going to try not to pay you or is going to flat out not pay you. And then you have to deal with that. And without a contract, you it's really tough to fight that, whether you have to go to court or whether you just 
fight it by saying, here's the contract and you owe me this money. You said you'd pay me. So it's really important to have that those things in place because you're right. There's a liability, and it goes both ways. I think that's one thing that as a designer we need to say to a client. It's not just about protecting myself. It's about protecting you as a, a business owner as well. If I don't do what is expected of me, you need to have the grounds to fire me. You need to have the grounds to not finish paying me because I didn't do my job. So why, why wouldn't you want that protection as well? So it is a two-way street on that. And a lot of times, as soon as you explain that to a client, they're like, you know what? You're right. I have the protection as well. Now, obviously, you've got to be careful how you approach that because the last thing you want is for somebody to be like, well, why would I need to worry about that? It's not that you're saying I'm not going to do the work. It's, hey, it's a way for us both to be protected. It's insurance for one way of putting it. So I think that that's the kind of stuff you have to look look at and, and be careful with. Um, again, schedules are important to keep them. Being firm with your clients is important. Treating your clients well is important too, but treating yourself just as well is important. If you put yourself in a stressful situation because a client didn't do what they were supposed to do, such as get the content together, that that's what you have to say, you know, I deserve better. I want this to work better. So I need to stand up for my business and myself and say, no, this isn't working. So I think that that was probably one of the biggest mistakes I made in a situation I dealt with. And, and we're done with the project. It's going to go to print. And I'm happy about that. But I definitely learned a bunch of things coming out of this. Um, I will ask it. In the time that you've done your business, your freelance work, what is probably the biggest thing you've learned when dealing with clients? Uh, you got to expect that you're going to have deadbeat clients. Um, in fact, when I was looking at what it takes to be a full-time freelancer, they add into the budget uh, 2 to 5% for the clients that aren't going to pay you. It's, it's basic risk. Um, so trying to avoid that is one thing. Building in a kill clause into your agreements, whether it's statement of work or contract, uh, talking about limitation of liability. So if you have to kill a project, you know, you can assign a certain value to that risk. Um, and then just knowing when to let it go. Uh, I had a client that is a local um, children's like uh, babysitting service, and she... I should have killed the project as soon as I saw our location right beside a automotive um, uh, me mechanic shop. I should have known that you can't have kids right in that same building. That it, it was obvious, but I still do, did the work. I'm only out a couple hundred bucks, but again, I I should have saw that red flag, and I sh I now chalk that up to my first loss for the year. Yeah, and that's you're right. You kind of have to build that in and, and learn from the experience and try not to make the same mistakes again. And we all know business is tough. There are crooked business people. There are business people that will take advantage of you. Don't be one of those people, but also don't put yourself out there to be taken advantage of. Put the things in place that protect you. Talk to a lawyer about your contract. Yeah, it might cost you a little bit of money, but you know what? 
might save you money in the long run when you have that couple thousand dollar client and they decide to take advantage of you and walk away with the design without paying you. Well, now you've got the contract to protect you. Not to mention now you've got a relationship with a lawyer that can help you if you need to fight that in court. The other thing that that I will say is don't be afraid to use small claims court. It, it's something that a lot of designers have to deal with when they have a deadbeat client. And just don't be afraid to go after what is yours. And, and you're right, too, about the kill clause. Like, we both live in the Northeast. You had one of the worst winters that has been on record. I think there's still snow in some places in Boston in August. But it's one of those things where, God forbid, you lost power for a week. And you don't have any way of working. You're stuck. Well, that needs to be in your contract that that's not under your control. And there are clauses in my contract that said something natural happens, that it is not my fault and it is not my responsibility to truck through the snow to find somewhere to work when it's dangerous. And it's all about protecting yourself, whether it's protecting your physically or it's protecting your business. It's all about protecting yourself, and that's what that client contract is about you're always going to deal with tough clients and i think that's one of the things one of the reasons i wanted to share my story is i want people to realize as designers that we're, we're all going to deal with those things we're all going to deal with the tough failures the tough mistakes that we make but the biggest thing is to learn from those things and to move forward and not make that mistake again and I, I've seen a lot of things where people say that the failure is what made them a better designer, what made them a better business person. And that's good, because that's what you want. Um, I, I think that that really sums up what it's like to deal with some of the tougher clients. Um, I don't want to go into too much more with it. Like I said, the project that I was talking about has been completed. I have been paid, and it, it is basically behind me now. And now I've learned a couple of things and I'll be better going forward. So that that's really what I wanted to share today. Do you have anything else you want to add to about dealing with clients? Finally, I would say uh, to do a postmortem on a project to have a feedback session so that you can learn where you had your successes and failures and to share that experience also with your client where they didn't meet the expectations of doing business with yourself. Yeah, I think that's important, too, because that, that's a good way to reflect on everything and, and really see what could be improved. Well, I think we're going to actually add a new section to Rookie Designer. I know we've talked about apps in the past. We've talked about software and a couple other things. But I know that both Carl and I are heavy into technology, whether it's a device, whether it's software, whatever it has to do with tech. So what I think I'm going to start doing is each show we're going to have our, our tech pick. So why don't you go first and tell us a little bit about what your tech pick is for this episode. Sure. My tech pick is uh, the software Adobe Muse. Uh, Muse is a lightweight web design software that Adobe puts out with Creative Cloud. I do believe it's a separate subscription from the regular Creative Cloud, but it's basically a print designer's web layout program. I want to say it's real easy to learn, really easy to use. It's intuitive, and it creates a great product. Um, I just did a website this past week, uh, about eight to ten hours of work, uh, 
and I'm, I'm pretty damn happy with the results. So uh, it gets my vote for uh, certain projects and other projects you have to look for more robust solutions. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, I haven't done a whole lot with it. Um, I haven't used Muse, um, but I've, I've heard some good things about it. I've seen some sites that were done with it that are interesting. Um, but yeah, you're right. If you have something that's, you need a more robust um, user interface, you may need to look at hiring a web designer or using some other coding and stuff like that. But it is definitely an interesting program that I'll, I'll have to check out some more. So for my tech pick, I'm actually going to go with Dropbox. Uh, obviously, uh, Dropbox is very well known. It's a cloud uh, backup solution, I guess, in some ways. It's a cloud service. It allows you to store files that are on your computer, but also in the cloud. I think one of the bigger features that I really like is that it allows you to sync to multiple devices, whether it's multiple computers, um, mobile, tablet. Um, I use it quite a bit when I'm working. I have a newspaper contract that I work on. Um, it's great because the editor can put the stories out there, the photographer can put the photos out there, the layout person who actually does the mock-up of the layout can put that information out there, and I have access to that, and so do all of the other parties. So we basically share a folder, and then underneath that folder allows me to access each of those sections, and then I can do my layout with InDesign, and I could put the proofs out there for the editor to see and for our proofreader to see. So it's a great way for us to work on that. I, I do the same thing with the magazines. Um, just to touch back on what I was talking about earlier with the editorial budget, that's kind of how that, that's how I knew that it was only at 20% because they needed to put the articles, the photos, the information into Dropbox so that I could access it. And when it wasn't there, that's how I knew that they weren't ready. So it's a good tool to really collaborate with. Um, there's a couple different tiers. You can, there's a free tier. Um, I don't remember exactly what you start off with, but you can add more to it because you get people to sign up with you. So you can add more space to your account. Um, I personally pay for the one terabyte level, which is $9.99 a month. Um, it's not, there's also a business level, which is a little different. There's some things in there that you can do with the business level that you can't do with the $9.99 level. Um, there's more space, more people involved, things like that. But for me personally, I find that the one terabyte is a good level for me. Um, the other thing that they just added, and I kind of like this, and I used to use Box at Box.com. And one of the things that Box had that Dropbox didn't was commenting on files. So now that Box, no, sorry, excuse me, now that Dropbox has that, I can actually read comments from again, an editor or a photographer that puts a file in there and might want me to do something specific with it, they can actually put the note right in Dropbox and I'll get a notification about that note. So that's kind of a neat little feature there. The big thing that I use it for is it's actually a backup solution for me as well. Because I have the larger one terabyte amount of space, I use it to back up my client files. So I have my client files locally on my computer. I then use Dropbox as a cloud storage device. And then I also, and this is where it's interesting, is I, I use 
I have a Mac and I have a PC. So, so on the Mac, I have it set up so that I have a client folder that goes up to the cloud through Dropbox. But then on my PC, I also have a client folder that's actually being, for the most part, pulled down from Dropbox cloud because most of the work I do is on the Mac. So that gives me some really good backup of the files that I need. And God forbid something happens where I have a fire, I have a flood, something that that destroys my hard drive. I now have all those files out on Dropbox so that I can pull them back down and continue to work. The other thing that's nice is no matter where I am, I can access those files. So for example, I have a PDF of my portfolio out there. And when I'm out visiting a client or a potential client, I can pull up that PDF portfolio right on my tablet through the Dropbox app. So it's really a nice way to kind of tie everything together. So I highly recommend it. Um, I highly recommend you check it out. Like I said, there's a free version. Try that out for a while. See how it works for you. And then see if maybe spending a little bit of money is, is worth the extra space. But in the meantime, you can get other people to sign up. You can actually gain some more space. So that's my tech pick. Um, I don't know. How, like, Is there anything else going on with you, Carl? Not much currently. I have um, a lot of new projects that are coming out. Um, basically, brochures, a couple more websites. I'll be relaunching my website soon because I want to introduce my new tagline. I want to change the tone of my site from hire me for a full-time job to hire me for freelance. Um, Otherwise, things are good, and I want to uh, back up or pl plus one your endorsement of Dropbox and Box. We use both for my full-time job. I think that they're great services, and at $10 for a terabyte, I'm going to be looking into that myself. Yeah, yeah it's a good price. I mean, I, I've looked at a lot of different solutions, and it's definitely something that I've found really useful. Yeah, th things for myself have been good um, besides that little troublesome client last couple of weeks. Um, things are growing. I'm, I'm continuing to figure out how I can scale my business because I do this full time. Um, I am getting busier. Uh, I'm definitely pleased about that, but it's definitely made me think about how am I going to scale? Am I going to need to maybe even eventually hire another designer? Am I going to work with contractors? Like what am I going to have to do? So that's, that's some stuff that we may talk about in the future that as you grow your business, it's things you need to think about and how you're going to deal with those things. So yeah, things are good. I, I've got some, as well, I've got some brochures I'm working on. Um, I've, I've got that magazine that should go to print hopefully this week and be out soon. And uh, I'm always looking for more publication design. If you know somebody out there that's looking to launch a magazine or has one and is looking for a designer to work with, I'd love to to hear about it because I'm always looking for that kind of work. It's definitely what I love doing as a print designer. But other than that, I think this is a good point to close off the show. Um, I hope you guys were able to learn some stuff from our mistakes, and I'm sure it's not the last time we'll be sharing something like that. So hopefully you'll continue to learn with us. I, I want to, again, stress that we're on Facebook. That's probably the place we're the most active. Um, if you want, please connect with us there. We've gotten a couple more likes in the last couple weeks, so we're pretty proud of that. We want to continue to grow, grow that community. And uh, I don't know, where else can they find you, Carl? You can find me at holycarpdesign.com. 
I'm also uh, Holy Cop Design on Facebook. I have a Twitter account that's not very active, um, but you know I might look into getting that more active again. Uh, that's about it. Uh, all right. All right. Excellent. Well, you can find me at graphicprecision.com. That's actually my my business site, which I will also be relaunching that soon. Um, the guy I'm working with that does web design has been pestering me about getting that up, and I definitely need to. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Jake Van Ness, and then you can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash graphicprecision. And again, be sure to find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rookie designer, and you can find rookie designer online at rookiedesigner.com. We have a rookie designer Twitter account, which same as Carl, we may try to get that to be a little bit more active. And I think that's where we're going to end the show. And remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. Mm-hmm.